0: I'm Bridget Metcalf join me each week as I chat with leaders from around the world shining a light of global issues that affect us all so the truth may be known don't miss out on the conversation go to your favorite podcast streaming service now to subscribe to truth be known for upcoming podcasts go to truthbeknown.org and enjoy the conversation Hello friends, this is Bridget Metcalf, and thank you for joining us today on the Truth Be Known podcast. I'm excited to introduce you to a friend and fellow partner in the work of abolishing modern day slavery, Sharon Nye. Sharon and her husband Jonathan and three kids live in Hollywood, California where they pioneered Radiance International Church and House of Prayer right on the Sunset Boulevard. They renovated an old pornography hub into a House of Prayer which houses 24-7 prayer and worship. Sharon also started Just Speaks, an organization that goes into the streets and brings hope, life, and dignity to those trapped in modern-day slavery. Their purpose for being in the heart of Hollywood is to reclaim the of the show business industry and introduce those movers and shakers of Hollywood
1: to the love of Jesus. I really sense that God is awakening hearts across the body of Christ. And it is not just pockets here and there, but I really feel that He's awakening His body. He's awakening His people to His heart for injustice. He's awakening His people's hearts for revival. And I believe they both come hand in hand. In Hollywood, we've been praying for revival for a long time, but the Lord has always married the prayers for revival with justice because he is a God who loves justice and he is justice. And whenever we pray for revival, it's almost like, well, I'm going to come and make all things new. So whatever was wrong will be will be made right. And that is what justice is.
0: Enjoy the conversation as we dive into this week's episode of Truth Be Known. is driving is he driving
1: yes it is actually very stressful for me (laughs) and um I have to say he's a good he's a good driver it's just I I now understand when my mom used to tell me to slow down and when my mom used to tell me you're going too fast Sharon take it easy because I am saying the same things to my son and he is driving, he's like, Mom, I'm okay. I'm it's fine. I'm okay. And I remember saying that to my mom too. Yeah. <laughs> so. I my
0: kids didn't like it when they drove with me because they felt like I was too I made them stressed out. So they wouldn't <laughs> they never wanted me to be in the car with them when they were driving. Yeah. So yeah, this is definitely something new. Uh, You know, with Radiance International, when did this begin? When did you guys start the church, and how did it start?
1: Yeah, so we actually have been pastoring for 20 years,
0: Wow! and we
1: launched out and church planted our own church. It was a youth Asian church, and that was very progressive at that time. We had Filipinos, Indonesian, Chinese, Korean, Japanese, and that was cutting edge, not just a Chinese church or a Japanese church, but we were all kinds of Asian, and they were all young people on fire for Jesus, radical. And then from that place, we had a prophetic word from Cindy Jacob, and she became a spiritual mom to us in 2015. And that's when we launched a house of prayer in Azusa Street, um, where the original well of Azusa Street was. Literally, our building was right across the street from there. And so we were praying for revival, that God would just come and break open our city, and there would be revival for our nation. But I would have been happy to just stay there for forever, honestly, just redigging the wells of revival. And I remember one day the Lord just spoke to me and said, if you really want to see your city revived, you will pray for Hollywood. And if Hollywood is revived, then not only will your city be revived, but the whole globe will be touched by Hollywood. And so I, I didn't understand that at first because Christians weren't really talking about taking Hollywood. And there was no talk about sending your kids into Hollywood. So I I didn't understand that, but we began to just out of obedience, began to pray for Hollywood. And as we started to pray for Hollywood, that's when God began to just literally just break our hearts for the industry, for prodigals that are in Hollywood, and just began to pray for revival. And again, we were in Azusa Street when that began. And five years after we started Azusa Street, that's when we got another prophetic word from our spiritual mom, Cindy Jacobs. And she she gave us a word that we are now to go into Hollywood. But the Lord did confirm that to Jonathan and I, originally and just said it's time to go to hollywood and cindy spoke that over us so that's when we began our house of prayer was actually in 2011 2011 we've been in hollywood for the last 10 years wow
0: so now how did that transition take place from having a church that you planted with the young adults and everything going into azusa street what was that transition like and did your students and the the congregation follow you there? Or how, how did that happen?
1: Yeah. So when we were at Azusa Street, it was many of our young people from our church. They were taking watches in Azusa Street. They loved it. They were the worship leaders. They were the prayer leaders. And I mean, we were doing so many hours and and also other churches came in too. A lot of people in the city, it wasn't just manned by one church alone. But when we went to Hollywood, I think the shift was too challenging. And we started with 12 intercessories in Hollywood and the Lord just... From that 12 who just wanted to pray for Hollywood. We started going 24 7, three months into us landing in Hollywood, and it it turned into a very diverse crowd. So it was not just Asians. In fact, Asians just became the minority. (laughs) And we had African Americans, we had the Caucasians, Hispanics, and every kind of person, even around the world from Jerusalem, from Israel, from Asia, who heard about us. They just wanted to pray for Hollywood. So we we changed and shifted really in, in a very fast way. The face of the ministry changed and it wasn't just young people, wasn't just Asians, but we became a very diverse crowd. And then two years after that, we saw the Lord just began to bring not only intercessors, but people who were in Hollywood. Like the producers and models and actors, actresses and writers and songwriters. And those are the kind of people we began to minister to. So even right now, I would say we're about 80% industry in our church. Wow. So
0: Now, how did they hear about you guys? How did they know to come? I mean, were they just led by the spirit to come? Or were you putting things out there so that they could hear about it? How did that happen?
1: Many times it's by word of mouth. And people would just show up and say, oh, so and so told me about it. Or I was in Dallas. And one of my friends in Dallas told me to come when I get to Hollywood to come and find you. And we're getting so many people from across the country, young people who have a dream for Hollywood, or young people who, who really are called into the harvest of Hollywood as a mission field to reap the harvest. And we're seeing more and more people like that, that God is raising up people to come and pray and not only to pray, but also to come and shift Hollywood by being in Hollywood. So they've heard by word of mouth and maybe seeing us on posts or different things like that, but we don't really advertise ourselves. I, I think it's mostly from word of mouth.
0: So can you explain to me a little bit about Justice Speaks, where the heart and the core of that came
1: from and how did that develop? Yeah. So Justice Speaks, is my anti-human trafficking organization. And it actually started in Azusa Street. Mm -hmm. So when we were running our house of prayer, and that was our first house of prayer, we never did house of prayer before that. And I remember it was in that place where the Lord began to just speak about his heart for justice. And I still didn't really understand what exactly justice meant to God and justice should mean to us. But I had a dream and it was one of those markers in my life. I remember one night I had a dream it was 2007. And I remember seeing two women in my dream, two Asian women who were girls in prostitution, they looked apart, the they were dressed apart. And in fact, they even had the smiles on their face, similar to what we would see of girls in pornography or girls who are in prostitution, they may look the part. And I remember seeing the smiling and dressed a certain way, but I zeroed in right into their heart in my dream. And I remember looking right into their heart and I could see, that they were so broken, they were so sad, and they hated what they were doing. And then immediately I woke up from that dream. And when I woke up, my heart was just so stunned. And I've never seen anything like that. I don't know what that was. And I just thought, God, I don't know what that was. But Lord, would you just show me and I remember that same week, I was watching the news and they started talking about this global issue called human trafficking. And they were talking about women who are enslaved women who are exploited. And at first, it was all talking talking about women outside of America, and that's what I thought the issue was. And they were talking about girls in different nations. And I remember just getting on my knees and I began to pray and just ask God to break my heart for this issue. And and out of my mouth, I started praying for the girls in Thailand. And mind you, I have not gotten any kind of training. I haven't read an article. I don't know anything about Thailand. I've never heard of girls being prostituted in Thailand at that point. But out of my mouth, I just began to pray for God, would you just help the girls in Thailand? Would you Rescue them and help these ones that are suffering or in bondage with this thing called human trafficking. I don't even know what that was. And not knowing that through my prayers, I'm literally preparing the way for God to send me to Thailand one day. (laughs) So that's actually how it started. It was in 2007.
0: Wow. And so, how is Justice Speaks? and Radiance International, how do you merge those two or do they stay separate or how do you do that? Upon
1: learning more about human trafficking, we realized that not only is it happening overseas, but it's also happening right here in America. And in my own backyard in Los Angeles. And people were telling us that it's also happening right here in Koreatown, right here in your neighborhood. And so we began to formulate strategies on prayer walks and what we can do to just set women free, to set children free through prayer. And we realized that we needed the covering of a prayer house, prayer ministers, the intercessors. And I think the Lord was just so wise and brilliant to marry this call of justice under the umbrella of our house of prayer, because he began to give us strategies and blueprints. And, you know, he began to speak to us about how if we would pray, he can shift this whole issue of bondage and and trafficking, but it begins with prayer. And a lot of people could be taken out if they pray some big prayer you know, warfare prayers, and they're trying to pull down stronghold. But because we were under the covering of a house of prayer, I think it also covered us and protected us too. So it was very wise of the Lord. So hence the marriage of radiance and justice speaks was was actually perfect. So
0: how is that happening now with COVID and everything like that? How are you able to go out on the streets and what's the dynamic of it at this point?
1: Yeah, so COVID has changed a lot of things. Before COVID, We were doing a lot of strip club outreaches out here in Los Angeles and we have halted that. We can't really do any strip club outreaches. They're all closed. They're still closed, in fact, but we still pray from our house of prayer. We have Sunday burns the first Sunday of the month so we've been doing our prayers from Hollywood regarding pornography. We've been doing that for a number of years and being that we are from Los Angeles, I felt early on that part of my responsibility in tackling human trafficking is to hit this issue of pornography. And being that we are here in LA, you know LA is the biggest distributor of pornography to the rest of the world. We basically took it personally and decided that we have to hit this in prayer and we We've done a number of prayer Strikes like you know we prayed outside the Playboy Mansion. We're right across the street from the Hustler building at Radiance, and two years into us literally facing this Hustler building, and and I don't know if you know how big this Hustler building is in Hollywood. We're on the Sunset Boulevard; is their flagship store, and they put twenty million dollars into this building before we moved into the house of prayer, literally right across the street from it. They put a cafe in there. They made it state of the art, if you want and there's this one globe that is spinning right outside the hustler building on on the top of it and it says for the rest of the world meaning porn for the rest of the world it's almost like a taunt against God and so we being in the house of prayer we were facing that our stage faces it and we're not directly saying God take down this hustler building but because we've prayed so much into the issue of pornography and that God would just come and uh, shift this whole issue, save the the actors and actresses and porn and rescue them. So many are in enslaved in it. But, you know, just two years into it, they announced that they would shut down the Hustler building. And that was just one of the many buildings that we have honestly shut down through prayer. But it was a shock, if you will. (laughs) Like reporters were up and down the street like wow this is really amazing or like shocking actually you know that the hustler building is shutting down we don't know why it's happening but you know we knew and i don't know if i told you bridget but our building that we have Radiance international in was a former porn house no i didn't know that really (laughs) wow Yes. So this is really God showing us that we have authority in this issue because we, I mean, we didn't look for this building. We were looking for just a place where we could have 24 seven music. That was our requirement. And our real estate agent said, I mean, it took him so long to find it. So finally he said, well, I found the place for you and it's in West Hollywood. So we walked through the doors and all the hairs on, on our arms just stood up and we asked him, excuse me, but (laughs) what was this building? And he said, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you, but it used to be a a porn studio, (laughs) an adult film place. So we walked up the stairs. I stared at my husband. I was like, Oh my goodness. We walked in. We could still see the remnants of Everything that they were doing, like their TV setup and on the very top uh, is three stories and at the very top is a dedicated bedroom where they did all their filming. So it felt awful. It was yeah. horrible. It was dark and oppressive, but you know we looked at each other and we just felt like, yeah, I think this is it <laughs> yeah. And with that, the Lord just showed us that i'm I'm giving you authority over pornography. So from Pornhouse, it was turned into a prayer house.
0: Prayer house. I love that. That's what you guys have reclaimed. You know, to the audience out there that, you know, a lot of the time, people will say, well, I'll just pray. And they put the word just in there. I'll just pray. And it becomes a secondary decision when you can't make anything else work, I'll pray. But what I love about what you guys have been doing and and your whole core of who you are, it's not just pray, it's pray first. And so can you share a little bit with our audience about, you know, how important it is that if you want to, rather than going in and storming a venue or something like that, that what the power of prayer is, how it shifts the atmosphere and how you've seen it change things. So could you explain that?
1: Yeah. So I believe it was back in 2009 and it was one of our first prayer walks in our city in Koreatown. And I might've shared this with you, Bridget, a while ago, but this was one of the places that we were told is basically harboring thousands and thousands of overseas girls from Asia, from Korea, from China, et cetera, but mostly from Korea in K-Town, and you know, you can't really see it, it's not visible. In Thailand, I've been there, you know, we've been there for over 12 years, it's visible. But in in K-Town, in Los Angeles, it's, it's not as visible, so it's more underground. And I remember when we started this prayer walk, we had our djembe, our guitarists, our tambourines, like we're all ready to go. There was like 30 of us. And I remember just praying right at the beginning that God can't see it, but you know where it is. And would you just lead us where we need to go and help us to pray what we need to pray? So we did our initial prayer and we began to walk through K Town. I didn't know how big K Town was. I had no idea how massive this little pocket called K Town is. So we walked and walked and walked for. It hours that night and we're going through the big streets and we're walking through the small streets and you know when we passed some of these establishments we definitely felt like just heavy oppression in some of the spas or massage parlors and karaoke bars so we would stand outside and we began to pray and remember you know many of the intercessors would literally just feel in their hearts and their spirits like just how heavy it was and my husband just said we have to keep walking our feet needs to go to as much of this k-town as possible so we even walked through some of the residential streets so by the end of the night we parked ourselves under this iconic theater and we regrouped and you know we we had our close out prayer and i looked up at the theater and it was actually it's the theater called the will turn theater it's spelled w-i-l-t-e-r-n and the lord did a play of words with me that night and he just said to me i will turn this issue through prayer, just trust me, you can't see it right now. But I will turn it through prayer. So it's called the will turn theater. But he said, I will turn it through prayer. And I told everybody and we all like clapped. And then you know, we said goodbye. And then four days after we did this prayer walk. And we always get these kind of amazing prayer answers to our prayers, like several days afterwards, but four days after this very first prayer walk, one of the girls from our group, she's Korean, and she runs to me with this big headline newspaper that's in Korean, I can't read it. And she said, Oh, my gosh, Pastor Sharon, look at what happened. And I'm like, what happened? I can't read it. But I could see there's something It's big. And she reads it for me. It's and it basically said biggest human trafficking bus in Los Angeles in Los Angeles at K-Town. Korea town 64 women rescued and it happened after our prayer walk and it was in this house it was a 10 bedroom mansion in K-town where the neighbors reported that week that they've been seeing men come in and out all hours of the night for months. But they happened to have reported it and ice and every. they all came, the authorities came in that week to rescue 64 women. And it says that they were mostly from overseas. So it was that and that alone right there just did it for me. And I just felt like, wow, what a kiss from heaven that we did it on that Saturday night. Within four days, the Lord answered our prayers and just showed us that, you know, we're on the right track. This is it. Let's do it. <laughs>
0: Got it. Is such a strategic god he guides he leads he knows and he uses our hands our feet and our voices so wow he just led you exactly to the place and that is so amazing it really is so amazing. what does it look like when you go into a strip club you said you're not able to do that right now but what does that kind of ministry look like when you do
1: yeah so we assemble gift bags and we usually assemble about 100 to 150 for an outreach evening and we have the girls come over and we do some of the makeup products cosmetic products and we have resource card in there and also a card that talks about how god loves them but one of the very key items that we place in the bag are cookies and these are not just any old cookies but they're cookies baked by the most amazing mamas in the city and these are ladies that for them personally they they don't see themselves going to strip clubs so this is how The ministry of Jesus works with, you know, we can incorporate so many people to help serve. You know, there are some people who cannot go into the bars or the brothels or the massage parlors or the strip clubs, but they would, they are so skilled at baking. And so I have this one lady, she's been a supporter of Justice Speaks for a number of years. Every time we go out on outreach, I will give her a call. Her name is Mary. And I'll just say, Mary, I'm going to do an outreach for Valentine's day. She goes, okay, so I'll get together all my bakers and we're going to make the cookies and they'll make the most amazing cookies. And I have to save some for myself too. (laughs) So we put these cookies together and we also set aside some cookies for the bouncers and the managers and uh, who are standing up front, the men, you know, we have to honor the men too. And Mm -hmm. I know that it's hard, but they are the gatekeepers into the strip club so if we want to see the girls we got to be respectful to the men who are standing outside and so we approach the men and they see us coming with our bags and many times you know they would say initially they'll say sorry girls but you can't go in it's a busy night or you know hey we're not doing that tonight but I don't take their no right off the bat I don't just say oh okay and I turn around I stand there and I'll say would you guys like some cookies <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be like cookies and yeah cookies and I'll just even without them saying yes I just pull it out of my bag I have it ready you know this the, the ones for the bouncers and, and I'm standing right there I'm not moving and I'm watching them and they're they open it they're not waiting <laughs> they see cookies they're opening the bags and they I, I'm watching them take their first bite and they're eating And then all of a sudden they say, well, maybe it's not that busy tonight. I'll go in and check for you. And I'm just like standing there. Yes, Lord, you know, work it out. And so they'll go through the curtains and just take like literally like 10, 20 seconds. And then they come back out and be like, go ahead, go, go on in. So the cookies are anointed. Because made with mamas, love and made yes. with prayer. Yes. That's made so with amazing. Because all these ladies are prayer warriors. So as they're baking, they're literally praying for access for us. And they're praying for the girls to be touched. They're praying for these girls, you know, to feel our love. So whenever we go in, I mean it's very common for the young ladies to tell us, Oh my gosh, you guys are like angels. They would tell us always, you know, there's always a comment about how. They feel like we're angels and that we came at the right time. I've had girls, you know, with their heads on my shoulders with tears running down their cheek, just telling us how we can pray for them. So initially we were very timid in our ministry. The early years, you know, we didn't know we could talk about God. So we would just bring the cookies in. We're very, you know, we just made it more like we're an outreach for girls and, you know, we're just here to see how you're doing. But after a while, I'm like, you know, let's not waste time. Let's tell them God loves you. Jesus loves you. Is there anything we could pray for you about? And we, we had no idea how they would respond, that they they literally would respond with such a desire to tell us her request. And they were so open. It was hitting ripe fruits all the time going into the strip clubs. And I love so that. it's been a very fun ministry. But I also have to say a big bulk of what we do, we've been doing overseas in Thailand and we've expanded to Nepal, but we've been taking teams into Thailand for the last 11 years, every single year, except for 2020. So that was our only year in the last 11 that we did not bring a team in. And, you know, my husband and I would go in not just once, but, you know, two to three times a year. Mm -hmm. And we've established centers. We partner with an organization in Thailand, Richest to the Nations. They have amazing leaders on the ground that are running our children's center, a women's center in the red light district. Both are in Pattaya, And then we have a scholarship program in the northern part of Thailand, Pak Chong in the villages. Mm-hmm. So we're doing prevention up there too. We love Thailand. And I know you love Thailand so much. I can't yes. wait to see you in Thailand. Bridget. I know I need to get you here as soon as possible. I would love <laughs>
0: for you to, when you're here again. I missed you the last time you were here because our, our ministries didn't connect up. But I would love to love to see you and take you around as well. You know, it's so true when you're saying about the gatekeepers with sealed ministry, we do a lot of ministry into the Pat Pong area. And we also run into with the pimps as well as the madams that if you can gain their trust, they are the gatekeepers to all the girls. And so we just love on them. And we give out these really fun bangle bracelets that have a rose or symbol is a rose and the girls love them. And then we have other charms that they can add to their bangles. So whenever we come in, they get a new charm for their bangle. And Aww. so they're always wearing them. And we've prayed over these bangles and we give them Bibles and two and everything. And what cracks me up is the men, these huge, big bouncers are like, I want a bangle. <laughs> and they want it. They want, it's It's kind of like the cookie to me. I I yes. told our team, I'm like, you don't just hand it to them. You put it on their wrist because we have prayed wow. and we've anointed this. And so when you're putting this oh. bangle on their wrist, you're, you're praying in the spirit and you're believing for breakthrough. And so there are always, whenever we go into pot pong now, they're cheering us and telling us to come and they want to look at all the charms and they just love love it. So, but that is the gatekeepers. And so I, I just so love that. And you know, I do think that oftentimes we come in and initially when you, especially when you have two newer team members, they're scared and timid. It's just organic. They, they want to talk. They want to share their heart. They have nobody to just be real with. And so it's an opportunity to pray. And I've actually never been turned down to pray for them. So I agree with you on 100%. That's just so amazing. I can't wait to get you here again when everything opens up. So right now, where do you guys see the times and the seasons of Radiance International and Justice Speaks? What do you see happening? I mean, so much has been restricted with COVID. For us here, the red light closed down, but it gave us an opportunity to go in and have basically the streets. We could dominate the streets. And now as things are opening up, it's like God has just given us authority. So, you know, what do you see happening?
1: Yeah, so for some of the projects that we launch and are sponsoring, for example, in Pattaya, during the COVID restrictions and shutdown, they're in Thailand As you know, everything was shut down. Like you mentioned, the bars, the brothels, the streets, like there's nobody. But the exploited girls are suffering because they're not receiving any help from the government. So our center just had a wonderful thought of passing out help, you know, assistance with food and grain and, and vegetables and whatnot. So they were doing that consistently. And the Lord is just amazing in this way, because even through that, It allowed women who never walked into our center, because our center in Padia is literally in the red light district area, smack in the middle. So we're literally right there in the center and we launched that in 2019. So it was a few months before COVID hit. So I think we were right there starting to launch our ministry about six months before COVID hit. And so, you know, not all the girls have visited, but because we were passing out food and our team on the ground was just doing the acts and serving as Jesus would have them serve the ladies, they started coming to our center when it was able to function and be open. Many of the young ladies, many of the women began to flood our center. So we're going really strong. There are Bible studies on Tuesday night. I think there's 60, 70 strong people coming into the meetings, and a lot of women have gotten saved as a result, including one bar owner, so a lady who owned one of these bars came in and she was touched by what we were giving out to people. And I, I believe she just came in and she received prayer and she got so transformed her heart. She accepted Jesus and she decided to no longer run that bar and to do something completely different. And, you know, there's just so many stories. I, I can't even, I, I have so many stories that I could share, but even in the midst of COVID, God is working. And while people are suffering, when people of God rise up and be his hands be his feet and not be afraid and just reach out with his love even a simple bag of food they will come back you know ask more about why we're doing it and what is this place for and that's how we have gained so many more women as a result so i think covid has been a blessing in some way i agree with you a hundred
0: percent i i've seen god move more during this time it's like he shut something down To rebuild uh, something. So, tell us a few more stories uh, about
1: what you've seen happen and some of the testimonies that you've heard. Well, I wanted to share as it relates to prayer. And early when we began to come to Thailand, people took us on a street called Walking Street in Padia. And everybody knows you're fighting human trafficking. That is one of the most oppressive streets in Thailand. And it's right there in, in the heart of a red light area in Patias, just this walking street where just hundreds of girls are being exploited, standing outside the bars, standing outside of the establishments. And many of these young girls, Bridget, you know, they're like 14, 13, 15, they're young. And I know Asians can look young, but we know those girls are definitely young. I think this was back in 2010, when we had our very first prayer walk they said i don't think anybody's really done a prayer walk like guitars and like a whole group of people i think we had 20 to 30 people with our flags and everything so we did our very first one and it was probably the hardest prayer walks that we've ever done just because you know how dark that street was and the blare the you know the lights and the noise the music i mean you can't even hear yourself while we're walking through the streets we're trying to sing we can't even hear the worship music and it was such a fight for us to even walk through from one end to the other end it was like we wanted to just collapse it was that level of heaviness and this was in 2010 and i remember we just collapsed on the ground we're like Oh my gosh, that was so hard. It's like walking through utter darkness. And then my husband said, he's like, okay, get up. We're going to do that again. So, (laughs) So we got up and we went another round just praying, God, rescue the girls, release your light, take down the demonic strongholds on the street, Lord release your light, just flood this place with your presence, save the girls and just all the different prayers that we were praying. And we didn't know what had happened. But we came back the following year. And we did the same prayer on the street. And I noticed that it wasn't the same it wasn't there wasn't as many of the same establishments that we saw last time. It was less it was like a little more shops, not a lot. But it was it was like, oh, I noticed that it, it's more legitimate restaurant. And so our team members that. Hey, well, we didn't tell you, but after you guys did your prayer walk, like a bunch of these like little bars, like shut down. So we're like, Oh, okay. Like, okay. If a few close down after one time prayer, like we're going to keep doing this. So we made it into just not a habit, but we made it a point. That every time we came to Padia, every team that we brought would have an experience to do a prayer walk on walking street. And literally, I think by the last time we went in 2019, it just did not feel the same. I mean, it was we could already tell like 2015, 2016 was like, this place is not the same. (laughs) The level of heaviness has lifted And we've done the same kind of prayer walks in some of the pedophile areas. We've done the same prayer walks in other places too. Like I remember one of our first children's center was in the heart of a pedophile area known for people looking for children. In fact, there was a hotel there that was identified for harboring children and where people come and exploit children. So the year following that prayer we came back and we said, oh, this hotel building that looked really ugly and it was facing our children's center right across from our children's center. We like literally stood in front of it and we did massive praying that God would shut that place, shut that the system and the businesses down that would exploit children. We didn't say God tear down the hotel, but we, we just pray, Lord, will you deal with what's been going on here? But when we came back, the hotel had been torn down. <laughs> and it was a brand new building of like, we're like, what happened here? They're like, oh, we didn't tell you, you know, after you guys did that prayer, like I don't know what happened, but it all changed. (laughs) So they're like, your prayers work and God's hearing your prayers. So let's go to this other place. And like, we would just go to place after place and we would see God just shift. That's the most important and most powerful weapon we have is prayer. Absolutely.
0: I just agree with you. And I I wish more people would understand that Mm -hmm. it's prayer first before anything else. That's where you hear the heart of God you know the heart of God and prayer is powerful. And I really want to say to my audience that we need to increase in our prayer lives how important it is, not just for our own communication with God, but also if you want to see things shift and change and break through, spend time in prayer and uh, find those people that can link with you to pray. So yeah, that's, that's such a powerful testimony. We had a similar thing happen here in Patpong where uh, we brought a team in and Patpong is one of the darkest areas in Bangkok. And they had a street where it was just an all gay street. And it actually had a sign that said, we will not move. Nobody is ever going to make us shut down. And it it, it had a a big, huge banner that said that. And so every Saturday we go and we pray from across the street that God would just shut it down and clean the street. And uh, we took a team that was here from the States uh, with us. And I said, guys, let's pray harder than we've ever prayed before. And we prayed and that very next Saturday, it was all <laughs> gated up. It was all, it's, it's saying that it's being torn down. And then the next week the building was gone.
1: Come on. And now they're, <laughs> they're
0: building high rises. And so the power of prayer the power yeah. of prayer It's just so it's God is so good. And it's his um, heart and his desire. So now what do you feel and sense God is speaking to you now? Well, I, I
1: really sense that God is awakening hearts across the body of Christ. And it is not just pockets here and there. But I really feel that he's awakening his body. He's awakening his people to his heart. For injustice he's awakening his people's hearts for revival and i believe they both come hand in hand and you know we were in azusa street so we're praying for revival for a long time and in hollywood we've been praying for revival for a long time but the lord has always married the prayers for revival with justice because he is a god who loves justice and he is justice and whenever we pray for revival it's almost like well i'm gonna come and make all things new So whatever was wrong will be, will be made right. And that is what justice is. So we think of revival as, well, we're going to have such a great time with God and it's going to be these amazing like spirit empowered meetings and we're going to get filled and people will get saved and signs and wonders and healings will break out and Yes. Amen. All of that. But I I know that in the midst of that, God's heart is about releasing justice and transformation at citywide level, societal level. And all these girls and all these boys that have been in bondage, whether it's through being exploited or bound in pornography, even we've been praying for pimps, praying for porn producers, God's heart is for them to be saved too. So his heart, he is a God of justice and he's going to make all these things right. So I, I really feel this is the year 2021. God is awakening this heart in his people. It is a heart for revival, and it's a heart for justice. And and I feel that for Thailand. I feel that for America. I feel that for the world, that people's eyes are literally being awakened to his heart and seeing what he sees, really seeing what he sees, and no longer denying what God's heart breaks over but we're really going to see what his heart is breaking over and feeling it too I love that and would you
0: do me a favor would you pray this over our audience today just that we will be awakened that we will walk in what you're saying and we'll understand it and that this is a worldwide audience. And this is not just limited to America or Thailand, but this is for all the world to know that God's heart is for justice. His heart is for revival. His heart is for that people would know the father's heart of God. And so
1: would you pray for us? Yes, Lord, thank you for this moment where we're all living in this moment in history. God, we are living in privileged time. Lord, this is the time in history when prophets have longed to be in God. They're watching from even the cloud of witnesses who are watching us right now, they are watching what is about to unfold and we've been praying for a global awakening lord for america for north america south america for asia for africa lord for every continent for australia lord we're praying god for europe lord we're praying for this awakening god everyone in the body of christ are sensing that you're about to do something And so, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're awakening our hearts to what is burning in your heart, which is your heart for justice. And, Lord, it is going to come hand in hand. So, God, with everything that's been going on, Lord, you're highlighting different things. You're highlighting into our hearts different injustices that you want us to carry, whether it be for human trafficking, whether it be to, for the orphans, whether it be for women, children, whatever it is, Lord, those who are suffering, Lord, you're highlighting our hearts in the season in such a powerful way. And so God, we just release that right now in Jesus name. Lord, we ask that every person, God, that is even hearing me pray right now would receive that mantle that you're calling them to carry right now. God, a mantle for justice and that God, it would be married with revival as they're praying and crying out for revival in their cities and their nation, that they would catch your heart of justice for that same region. And God, they would carry your justice to make everything that was wrong be made right. And so, Lord, we just thank you that, God, you're doing that. Lord, there's transformation coming, Lord, in cities across this world. And we're so grateful that you would choose us. And use us for such a time as this. So let your people rise up in this moment in history and carry your heart, Lord. We thank you for that. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Sharon. Sharon, we are so excited to have you for our October 16th virtual World Sealed Conference. We can't wait for the word that you're gonna be sharing. And I wanna make sure that our audience knows that you can be a part of this October 16th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. We have 87 cities. 22 countries representing, and they can find a place near them. You can go to sealed.life and join in, register, and we would welcome you to be a part. So Sharon, thank you so much for today and the interview, as well as just sharing your heart and passion for justice and for prayer. I believe that God is going to do mighty things, and he is going to shift and change not only Hollywood, but We're going to see a global shift happen. I really do believe that's the heart of God. So thank you for sharing that word with us.
1: Amen. Thank you so much for the privilege of being on your podcast with you, Bridget. You're doing amazing things in Thailand. I can't wait to join you there.
0: Thank you, Sharon, for joining us today on Truth Be Known. If you live in the Hollywood area, check out Radiance International House of Prayer. And also, if you are a musician wanting to break out into the industry, go to the Nightlight Music Studio. If you would like to schedule a venue concert in a safe, clean environment, but in the heart of Hollywood, their new location will be right where the Walk of Stars began. Go to radianceinternational.org, that's radianceinternational.org, to learn more about this exciting movement and to get involved. Thank you, friends, for tuning in to Truth Be Known, and go to truthbenown.org, that's truthbenown.org, or email us at truthbeknown.org at gmail.com to find out more about the future episodes and guests that will be joining us each week. You can always find us on your favorite streaming service, and don't forget to let the truth be known.